I serve. Good morning, Team Hopewell and friends, and welcome um, to Hope at Home, the Hopewell experience, Hopewell everywhere. Um, we're so glad that you have tuned in this morning from your homes, from your car, from your jobs, wherever you are. Uh, we are so glad that you have tuned in with us as we grow deeper in our walk and our relationship with the Lord. If you have not done so already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and text people and let them know that the whole world experience is live and ready. Amen. There is a word from the Lord that's going to bless your entire life. So go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag people in. And I know if you've been blessed over these past few months with our hope at home, the whole world experience, go ahead and tag someone else so that they can be blessed as well by the word of the Lord and this dynamic worship um, experience because I love what I love so much about God is that he's not in his presence but he's not just confined to one space or a building or one location but he's everywhere so just like he's here in the building with a small group of us he's right there in your living room he's yes, right there he in your home right there with you that's what I love so much about God he knows how to hug all his children at the same time amen so so listen, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag it um, so that others can be blessed by it. Listen, today is a special day. Today is Sister Swim's birthday, y'all. It's her birthday. She is 35, fine, and all mine. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love me some right. Sister Swim. She is a blessing um, to my life. I am a better man because of her. I'm a better father, a better human being because of my wife. And so I thank God for her. I don't just say this because we're live on Facebook, but I tell her this every day. I could not do what I do if it was not for my wife holding it down, being very patient, being very understanding uh, for me to do all that I need to do. I thank God for it. I thank God for it. I thank God for it. If I had to pick a mother for my daughters, it would be her. She is the definition of loyalty, a definition of strength, hard work, and she'll do. That's my ride or die. If I'm rocking, I know that she's rolling white with me. So I love you so much, ma'am. I thank God for you, and we're going to make this the best day ever. We're going to make it the best day in the world, as Carrie would say. We're going to make this the best day um, ever for you. So when you get a chance, hop on over to her Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and hit her, hit her up or just tell her happy birthday. Amen? Listen, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, grab your phone, grab your tablets, whatever, whatever you're not using to watch the Hope World Experience. Grab that um, so that we can be able to get um, into the Word this morning. John chapter 11. We're still um, in our series entitled Life, looking and we're navigating and walking through the life of Lazarus. And just, uh, I hope that you've been blessed by it. I've been blessed by it just by preaching it. Um, and so many life yeah. lessons that we can be able to learn from this. So we're continuing uh, because we realize just one. One Sunday is not enough um, to be able to, um, to preach the full magnitude of the story. So we've been taking our time intentionally um, so that we won't give this, give this scripture a disservice, but we want to give it all of our undivided attention. John chapter 11, starting at verse 28, John 11, 28 um, through 35. John 11, 28 through 35. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible uh, and it reads as this. Before we start reading, I want you to highlight verse 27 because I'm going to come back there in a moment too. I know we, we talked about that last week, but I want to be able to bring something else out of there real quick. But John 11, 28 through 35. Here it is. It says, then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mornings and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Verse 30. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the same place where, Mar where Martha met him. 
when the people who were um, at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, um, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, same thing that Martha told him, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33, uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw that other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Then Jesus Well, I want to use for a subject, a title this morning, he sees you. He sees you. Jesus sees you. He sees you. Pray with me this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are, as the old saints would say, our rock in a weary land. We thank you, Father, that you are our shelter in the time of storm. Though our nation, our world is in turmoil right now, God, we thank you that we can be able to hang our lives and our futures on your word and what you have said in your word to us. So, Father, breathe on me now. Breathe on your word. Let your word go forth with power. Let your word go forth with clarity. Help us to have the heart to receive your word, not just the heart, God, but help us to have our feet prepared in obedience to do whatever it is your word calls us to do. You're great, and you're greatly to be praised. And it's in the master's name of Jesus we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. He sees you. There are people that come into your life that uh, make such an impact that it does not matter the amount of years that you may that you may not have seen them or talked to them or communicated with them, uh, but that impact is still there. That that impact is still relevant in your life. That imp- you can still remember the scene. You can still remember what they said. You can still remember what they did because it left a long, it left a lasting impact in your life. Most cases, this happens. When when it comes to um, teachers, I will never forget. I was in either the third, um, or the third or the fourth grade, and the teacher that I had, Miss Aquanetta Swift. I would never forget her. Recently, we just reconnected um, on Facebook, so I hope that she's watching so that she can be able to receive this shout out this morning. I will never forget. For some reason, I did not go to school the particular day. Um, in fact, um, maybe I had a cold or something. I'm not real. I can't really remember. Not real sure. Um, but whatever the fact it was, I was at home. Had been home for a few days, and um, you know that when you miss a few days of school when you get back to school you're already expecting and you know that your packet is going to be huge i mean you know that you're going to have a whole bunch of makeup work to be able to complete to make sure um, that you can be able to stay on task and catch up to where everybody else has been since you've been out of the office you've been out from the desk so you want to make sure that you're on top of everything but i had a special relationship with miss swift yes i did oh yes i did i had a i had a i had a special relationship with miss swift i was one of her favorite students. I was the one that when she bought pop to school, that she made sure that other kids, they ate, that they drunk their pop when it came time for snacks or whatever, or they had to put it in their backpacks and take it uh, with them home. But I was the one that she would keep my pop to the side and make sure I could have my pop to drink it at lunchtime. Oh man, all the haters in the cafeteria had so much to say when they saw Christopher come out with his pop can that they know that they got from the teacher and there was no shame in her game. She would 
let people know. They would say, well, Miss Swift, you told us that we couldn't have our pop until we got home, but we see Christopher got his pop upper 10. As a matter of fact, that's what it was, an upper 10 pop. And they would say, well, you told us that we couldn't have our pop until we got home, but here it is, Christopher gets to eat, drink his pop right here at lunch. Why does he get to do it and we got away? She said, hey, I'm the teacher. If I want him to have his pop now, he's going to have his pop now. Oh, the joy that flooded my soul. My, my, my face was beaming with laughter and smiling as I drank my upper 10 pop and everybody else had that nasty chocolate or white milk. And I was there drinking my upper 10 pop. I was excited. I was ecstatic. We had a special relationship. Her mother, uh, Miss Sanders, would come to the school in the classroom and volunteer from time to time. And Miss Sanders would sit by me. And every now and then, Miss Sanders would nudge me and stick me a little candy that I would bow my head down like I was coughing. But I really be putting the candy in my mouth. And I dared somebody to say something to me because Miss Sanders was old school. She could look at you and you got your whole life together real quick. She looked at you and the fear of God would just stop you right there in your track. This was a relationship that we had. So other students, when they did not, uh, when they missed days for vacation, missed days because of sickness, they had to wait until they got back to school to get all the extra work. But we live directly right down from Lovett um, Elementary School. Miss Swift will make the trip down to the house every day and bring me my work. Now, what I love, oh, Pastor, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal because her love and her compassion for me brought her to where I was. Her love and her compassion, despite what was going on with me, despite whatever illness I may have had, despite that I was not feeling the best, my sickness did not keep her away from me. Her love and her compassion drew her right to where I was. We've been, we've been looking at this, the life of Lazarus. We've been, we've been realizing and, and, and analyzing the fact that, that they had a special relationship, Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They had a close-knit relationship. I told you all at the beginning of the month when we first kicked off this series that they, they, had, they had the type of relationship that if Jesus was, was ever near Bethany, he would always stop off at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. He would go there and spend a night. If he knew he was getting ready to do a five-night revival, that would be his resting place where he would go and arrest. They knew that Jesus is on his way. He just said on Snapchat that he was on our way um, to the house and they will make sure that he had food. They will make sure that everything that he needed, he had when he came to the house. It was the love of Jesus. It was the compassion of Jesus that when he got word about what was going on with their friend, the one that he loved, not just that Lazarus loved him, but the Bible says that Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha reminded him of that, that the one that you love, not just the one that loved you, but the one that you love is now gone and dead. And Jesus waited two days before he came there. And finally, once he gets there, now it's all said and done. Lazarus now is dead and buried. All hope is gone. But even though, even though despite what was happening in their life, it was the love of Jesus that we see. It was the compassion of the Savior that we see that drew them right to where they Finally, Jesus sees them. Finally, Jesus shows up on the scene. Before I go any further, let me just throw this out there real quick because you need to know this. It's going to be on the screens real quick. It's, it's three simple words, four simple words. I know they're real simple, but it's going to bless your entire life, and it's going to encourage your soul. You are not 
alone. I know, I know, I know, I know. Pastor, I know, Pastor, that those are those are full words. It sounds so good, it sounds so true, but I don't feel like it, Pastor. I feel like life has dealt me a bad hand, and Jesus just been sitting there looking at me, struggling. That Jesus just been sitting there looking at me, drowning. I'm I, I'm overwhelmed. My my heart is broken, my world is shattered, and Jesus is just standing there. I called on him, Pastor. I prayed to him, Pastor. I worship him, Pastor. I knew, I knew all the ingredients that I had to do in order to build the right atmosphere for Jesus to come. And I did exactly that. I trusted him. I hung my life on his word. I depended upon him. But yet still, he has not come yet. And my life is in shambles. In fact, now he shows up. But it's too late. Everything is a mess. Everything is a disaster. Let me encourage you and tell you one more time. You are not alone. I know you may feel like it right now, and being in quarantine does not help it right now, and being black in America does not help it right now, but you are not alone. You are not by yourself, even though he has been silent, even though he has not moved at the speed that you would have liked. You are not by yourself. You are not alone. He told us that he promised never to leave me. No, never to leave you alone. He gave us his word and told us that he will be there every step of the way. I know it may not look like it. But here, 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 here where you have to be reminded of what Martha said in verse 27 when Jesus came and talked to her and asked Martha. He said, do you believe, do you believe that your brother is going to rise again? Look at what she said in verse 27. She said, yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. Let me tell you something. When you are in grief, when life has dealt you a bad hand, I need you to be like Martha, that despite how things may look, despite how you may feel, despite what's happening, what's not happening in your life, I need you to make the same confession as Martha, that I do believe that you are the Messiah. I do believe that you are the Son of God, and I just don't need you to believe it. I need you to hang every bit of your life on that he is the Messiah, that he is the soon coming king, that he is the resurrection and the life. I know stuff looks crazy. I know things sounds crazy, but I need you right now at this point in your life to hang every bit of your life off of who he is. He told her, he told her, he told her, he told her. He said, listen, I know. She said, do you believe? He asked her, do you believe that your brother is going to rise again? She said, I know he's going to rise on that great getting up morning with everybody else. He said, no, no, no. What you're talking about is an event, but what I'm talking about is a person. I am the resurrection and the life. So I need you. I need you. I need you to remind yourself that you're not alone. I need you to remind yourself not to throw in the town. I need you to remind yourself not to lose your hope. I need you to remind yourself to hang your life on everything of his character. I need you to remind yourself to hang your life on every bit of who he is. Not on, not just on what you know, but on everything who he says that he is. Hang your life on it. He says, so finally, Jesus shows up. 
he gets to his first encounter was with Martha. Y'all remember, and she told him, she said, Lord, she went out to meet him. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I know, I know, I know. I said this a few weeks ago, but it's worth saying it again. I know people want to talk about her and just say, oh my gosh, Martha, you shouldn't came at Jesus like that. But I told you that there was levels to their relationship. She was saying that, not in the way of being disrespectful, but she was saying it because she was hurt. Because what she had expected for Jesus to do, he had not done. And then there it is, Mary. Mary was in the house. Mary was in the house. She did not come out and run like her sister, excited to be able to see Jesus. But we, we see Mary again right here. We see Mary again right here. In verse 28, it says this. It says, then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mornings and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Oh, man, I don't know about you all. That's why you have to be careful Bible readers because, listen, when you are a careful Bible reader and you are a student of the Word of God, even though you may not have a hammer and an organ or a drum set or a praise team, you will shout off the Word all by itself because I told you all right there in previous verses when Jesus showed, when, 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 when Jesus first came back to Bethany after Lazarus has died, I just, you remember that Mary stayed behind when Martha ran out to be able to greet Jesus, but on this time around. Martha went and saw Mary and she said, hey Mary, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. And the Bible says that she stopped what she was doing and she left immediately and came out to meet Jesus right where he was. Let me tell you this, let me tell you this. Whatever your coping mechanism may be, Whatever your safe place may be, whatever your, your safety net may be when life gets hard, when life gets sucks, whatever it is that you retreat to, please, man, please, sir, there comes a point, there comes a point that when Jesus comes directly to you, you're going to have to abandon the thing that you retreated to. You're going to have to abandon your place of safety because the one who is safety, the one who is a refuge has made his presence known to you and you must immediately come out of where you are, drop what you're doing and meet him right where he is because I like what Martha said that the teacher is here and he wants to see you can I tell you something Jesus wants to make a personal visit with you Jesus wants to make a personal appointment with you and the last thing that you and I need to do is to forfeit this appointment with Jesus or to cancel this appointment with Jesus because we are overwhelmed with disappointment Oh, my. Okay, okay. Y'all don't want to talk back to me this morning, but let me go ahead and keep it real with you. I know, I know. It is so easy when you have been disappointed. It's so easy when you have been hurt. It's so easy when life has not been fair to stay in your retreat spot, to stay in that safety spot, to stay in that safety spot, and to avoid pain at all costs. But when Jesus shows up on the scene and he personally makes an invitation and say, not only am I here, but I want to see you. You need to abandon your retreat. You need to come out of shelter. You need to come out of shelter in and come and meet Jesus right where he is. Because when he comes, saints, he ain't coming for nothing. Let me go back up. Let me go back up because I told you, I told you when Jesus asked Martha, do you believe that your brother can rise again? Do you believe your brother can be resurrected? She said, absolutely, I believe. I know on that great getting the morning with everybody else, he's going to rise. But, it, but he's going to get up. He's going to rise. But she missed it. Jesus was not talking about some future event. Jesus was talking about he's able to wake up right now. He's able to get up right now. And I need to encourage 
encourage somebody and to let them know that when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's not coming empty-handed. He's coming with all power, with all authority, with all might to do what no one else has the power to be able to do. Thank you, Lord. Says, teacher is here, and he wants to see you. Verse 29, so Martha immediately went out to him. I know you've been sheltered in, but please, 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 when his presence has made itself known, when, when his presence has manifested itself before you, I need you, to re- I need you to leave your retreat spot and come to where Jesus is. I need you to unshelter in yourself and come to where Jesus is. So Mary immediately went to him. Let's be honest. Let's be real. We would do all that we can to avoid the pains of life. (laughs) Oh, I, I can't hear you. Let me say it again. We would do everything we can to avoid the pains of life. But can I make a suggestion to you? Can I, can I just say something to you real quick? And since you're already here, can I just bless your life real quick? Let me say this. Sometimes God will use life as a classroom to teach you the greatest lessons of life and not just the greatest lessons of life, but that God would take your life and make it a classroom to teach you the greatest lessons of who he is even when life is crazy. He comes. He asks about Mary. Martha says, the teacher is here. And he wants to see you. Jesus literally sees her. Jesus literally sees her. Call two days. He didn't come. He said an extra two days where he was. He gets there. It's been four days now. Lazarus is dead and buried now. But even in the midst of everything that had just that had just transpired, Jesus never took his eyes off the ones that he loved and who loved him. Jesus never took his eyes. Off of them. Now, when I talk about he never took his eyes off of them, and when, when I'm saying that he saw them, that he sees them, I'm not just talking about seeing them physically. Yes, he has his eyes on them. Yes, he's visually and physically able to see them. But here it is. Jesus went deeper than that. Jesus was able to identify well. with their pain. And with their agony. Here's good news right here. Here's good news right here. Jesus went through everything we've gone through to identify with us. Jesus went through everything we've gone through to identify with us. Jesus went through everything we've gone through to identify with us. Jesus went through everything we've gone through to identify with us. Jesus was able to see them for where they were in the midst of their pain, in the midst of 
of their heartache, in the midst of their frustration, Jesus was able to see, and not only just see, but he was able to identify with him. Here it is. Hebrews 4.15 says this, the, the high priest of our, the high, the, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same tests we do, yet he did not sin. That is good news to know that we have a high priest, that we have a Messiah, that we have a Savior, that we have a friend in Jesus that is able to identify with temptation, that's able to identify with trials, that's able to identify with trouble, that's able to identify with suffering. He's able to know exactly what's going on with our lives. Jesus is able to understand the pains and the groans and the anger and then the frustrations and the irritations that you're having and experiencing in your life right now. That's why we have a friend in Jesus. That's why we can take all of our cares to him. That's why we can talk to the Father. That's why we can pray to him because we're not praying to someone that's outdated. We're not talking to someone that does not know. We're communicating with somebody that understands the moans and the groans, that understands everything that's happening to us in our lives. Yes, he does. Thank you, Lord. It is. Verse 32. When Martha arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you have been here. Oh, this sounds, this sounds so familiar because Martha said the same thing. She said, Lord, if only you have been here. My brother would not have died. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Oh, man, I love it. I love it because this shows us so much about the compassion of Jesus. This, this shows us so much about the love of Jesus. This, this shows us, get this, you all, Jesus was not intimidated by their pain. Jesus was not scared of their pain. It's so it's so easy. It's so easy. We can we can learn so much from Jesus on how on how to encounter other people when they're having painful situations in their life. He did not stay away. He did not shy away. He confronted and he came right to where they were and he saw them. But before he even got there, there were people that had gathered around them. There were people that had came to console them. I like this part right here. I like this part right here. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Not only, not only, not only, not only did Jesus show and demonstrate sympathy and empathy but the other people that were around her, the other people that were consoling her, they were able to identify with her as well. When they saw her cry, they cried too. When they saw that she was upset, they got mad too. When they saw that they got that they were that she was frustrated, they identified with her and empathized with her and and put themselves in her shoes and they felt the same pain that they felt. Let me tell you something: if you ever want to connect with people, if you if you ever if you ever if you ever want to build a bridge with a person, if you ever really want to make friends with a person, I need you first. Don't just identify with their present and their future or what they are or what they will be. I need you to be able to identify with their pain. 
hurting. Sit with them in their heartache. Sit with them in their abandonment. Sit with them in their trouble. Sit with them in their trials. Sit with them in their pain to understand why they feel some type of way. Oh, because we're so quick, we're so quick, we'll be so quick. And thank God that these that were around her did not make this mistake. They were not sitting there, oh my gosh, we've been here for three days. Ain't nobody bought no chicken. Ain't nobody bought no Kool-Aid. Ain't nobody bought no sweet potato pie. We hungry. I know we're supposed to be here for our friend, but at least we thought the church would have came by and bought a box of chicken from Sooks or something for us to eat on. No, 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 no. They were not care. They, were, they didn't care about their needs. They were there to meet the need of their friend. Not only did Jesus to see them, but she has some other folks around her that saw them too. And if you ever want to connect with the person, meet them in their pain. Meet them in their agony. Meet them in their anguish. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And this is all black America is saying. Come meet us where we are. Come come sit with me in my pain. Come walk in, the, come walk in my shoes as a black man in America. Come walk in my shoes as a black woman in America. Sit where I sit. Walk with me in Walmart and see. How many times you're asked if you need help compared to me? Walk with me in Macy's when Macy's was here, praise the Lord. Walk with me in JCPenney, but we can't walk in there with me now. But pull up with me curbside to JCPenney's. Come on. And see what the response will be compared to me and you. Listen to my white brothers and sisters, all we're asking for you is to meet us, sit with us in our pain. Take, 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 take the privilege off of your eyes and sit with us in our pain. Well, that's true. To realize why we're so angry. To realize why we're walking around on edge all week. To realize why we feel some type of way. Jesus Show sympathy. Bible says, when he saw her weeping, and he saw the other people wailing with her, he got angry. He got mad. He got upset. And he was troubled. Verse 34. He asked the question, where you put him? In other words, where he at? He asked him. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Probably the, probably the first scripture that you learned was that Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And my mind has always been bottled by why did Jesus cry? Not just why did Jesus cry, but why did Jesus cry when he knew what the outcome was going to be? Okay, y'all don't read the Bible. Because he just told Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He just told her what you need is an event. What you need is a person. And I am that person. Again, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. Why did Jesus weep? Why did Jesus cry? When he already knew what was going to happen. Why did Jesus cry when he intentionally knew that I am going, I did not show up? He told them it was good that I was not there because now they're going to see my glory. Why would Jesus weep? After he made all of these bold statements, Jesus wept, get this, because his empathy, his ability to put himself in place of another and understand someone else's feelings by identifying with them allowed him to see 
and to feel their current reality. Oh, my God, that is so good. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Even though he knew what was going to happen. Even though he knew what he was about to do. Because he empathized with them. He put himself in their shoes as if his brother had died. And it allowed him to see and to feel the current reality. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? Yeah. Jesus is still weeping. Jesus is still crying. Jesus is still troubled. Jesus is still angry. When he looks around the home of the brave and the land of the free, and he sees a black man on the ground with a knee to his neck, crying for his mama. You know you're in trouble when you cry for your mama. You are in big trouble. When you cry for your mom, Jesus, I know some may not like this, but it's the truth anyhow. Jesus is still weeping and crying when Breonna Taylor's in her bed sleep and shot eight times. And come to find out they had the wrong house because somebody at dispatch didn't communicate with them that they had the wrong, that they already had the person in custody that they were looking for. Jesus weeps, he gets angry. He gets mad. When a baseball scholarship student at SIU goes on and says that he hates niggers and he done walked the stage and got his degree and getting ready to go farther in life, Jesus weeps. When we see the landscape that I have a better chance of dying as a black man than getting the virus, Jesus weeps. Come on, preacher. At the current state of America, the home of the brave, and the land of the free, Jesus weeps. And get angry. And here's what we're saying once again. Here's all we're asking once again. Hear it all. Here's what we're asking all again. Empathize with us. And sit with us in our pain. Feel what we've been feeling for so long. Even in 2020. Even during a pandemic in 2020. Sit with us feel what we feel. Jesus was angry and his anger helped him to see them. Oh man, let me tell you, Jesus sees you. I know, I know, I know. Pastor, you don't even know those, you don't even know the half of it. You don't even know the story, Pastor. You don't even know stuff is crazy. I mean, we got this stuff going on nationally. I got a national crisis going on. I got a personal crisis going on. I got a health crisis going on. I got a financial crisis going on. I got a marriage crisis going on. I got a family crisis going on. Pastor, it's a mess all around me. He sees you. Thank you, God. 
He sees you. Yes, he does. I promise you, he, he has not taken his eyes off of you. I know, I know, I know, I know he has not showed up the way that you wanted him to, but he's getting ready to come because he sees you and he loves you. I need you. I need you to embrace even where you are right now. I know it's tough. I know it's wrong, but I need you to embrace his compassion and his love for you, for where you are right now in life. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He, he's, he's empathizing with you. He's angry what you're angry about. He's mad about what you're mad about. He's frustrated about what you're frustrated about. He sees you. Jesus wept. Jesus angry. Jesus was upset. Pastor, how? How can I apply all of this to my life? How can I make this make sense? I told you earlier that sometimes Jesus will use life as a one-on-one -on -one mentoring session to coach us how to navigate through the storms of life and to teach us more about him. Worst thing you can do is be a distracted student. The worst thing you can do that when Jesus has made himself, he, he's come on time to the appointment to coach you and to teach you. But you're leaning more on your coping mechanisms than you are on him. And he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's present. He's there. He's there. He's there alive and ready. The worst thing you can do is be a distracted student where your, your, your mind and your heart is consumed with everything else. But he's right there. 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 Willing and waiting. Willing and ready. He's right there. He's right there to teach you. He may not bring you out, but he will coach you along the way how to be able to drive in the rain. He will, he will coach you right along the way to, to help you how to navigate through the storms. He will coach you right along the way to help you to thrive where you are. So you can apply this word to your life by not being distracted when the teacher is present. Because it's something he wants to show you. It's something he wants you to see. There's more of his character that he wants you to become aware of. He sees you. Black man, black woman, he sees you. He sees you. He sees you. Let me pray for you this morning. And before I pray for you, let me, let me help you to understand something. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right to, to be struggling right now. I've struggled all week. Haven't slept good all week. Been on edge all week. 
walked around with a chip on my shoulder all week. But I'm so glad that though I'm struggling in my emotions and the way that I see the world, that it does not take away from my belief on my salvation in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad that even though I'm struggling, I've been struggling in my emotions all week. That it's hard to even communicate. I'm so glad that I got a friend named Jesus. That walks with me and talks with me and tell me that I'm his own. It's all right to struggle. Is that, says when we don't know what when we don't know what to say, Holy Spirit makes intercession on our behalf. Holy Spirit makes intercession on our behalf, helping us to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every individual that's watching this right now, God. I pray no matter what state they may be in, no matter where they are emotionally, oh God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will be the lifter of their head. I pray now in the name of Jesus, Father God, that they will come out of shelter in, Lord God, and meet you where you are, Father God. I pray now in the name of Jesus. That you will be their refuge and their strength. I pray that you will be their hope for today. God, we pray for this world that we live in. A world, a nation that we are literally seeing turned upside down. Lord, this is our cry. This is our plea. We need you. We need you. Not, 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 not next week. Not in 2021. We need you right now. Not in the fall. We need you right now. Not tomorrow. We need you right now. We need you right now. We need you right now, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. We need you right now. In Jesus' name. We pray.